tuned in to the Cosmic Combos Podcast, your number one source for accurate, relevant, and thought-provoking astrological conversations in the podcast nation, the place where stars and minds align. Peace. You are now tuned into the Cosmic Convos podcast. I'm your humble host, Herut, and got my good brother here, Brother Ra. How's it going? How's it going? Mm. Wonderful, my brother. Wonderful. But how about yourself, King? Hold up one sec. Think you might be muting, my brother. It's all good. We're good. <laughs> Wonderful, brother. How about yourself, King? Hey, no complaints, man. No complaints, man. Just, you know, like I said, man, try to make my next day my my best day and, um, you know, keep continue to push it forward, you know, and, you know, hopefully I can get get like my brother over here, man. <laughs> uh, you, you, you're getting there, brother. You're getting there, definitely. <laughs> Vice versa, King. It, Vice versa. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, but before we get too far, I want to remind you all, make sure you like, subscribe and share this episode and this, you know, this podcast with your family, with your friends or whatnot, um, you know, so we can get this thing, you know, blow this thing up, man, and really get this perspective out there. Um, another thing I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Push It Forward Media Group and Calo Perusha Astrology and our good people over there on Patreon. Big up to y'all. Big up to y'all. I know we we I owe y'all some things, man. We it's been it's been pretty busy, man, for us both or whatnot lately, man. But we we we're about to um you know get things geared up, man. So I think you guys are gonna be pretty pleased with what we got in store for you moving forward or whatnot. Um, but um you know you can make sure you you know follow us on Instagram. We're at Instagram at Cosmic Convo. That's C O S M I C. C-O-N-V-O, V like in Victor. Um, hit us up there. You know, you got the link tree there. You can get to everything that we got going on from the Instagram there. Um, you know, you can um also follow Push It Forward at Push It Forward P-U-S-H-I-T-F-W-D. Um, get us on the web at that same address, pushitforward.com, P-U-S-H-I-T-F-W-D.com. Um, you, there you can, you know, get your char, you can get it. You know, you can find all the different channels that we're all, you know, um, that we're on as far as this podcast goes and other things as well. Um, Brother Ra, how can the people get a hold of you? Uh, you know, the same old same. You can hit me up via Kala Purusha at astrology at gmail.com or you can hit me up via IG or Facebook via Shekham Ra. Uh, either one of those will definitely get at me. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So, you know, here we are here at episode 22 that's episode, what is that? What, uh, um, 72? Yeah, 72 thus far, man. Big up to us, man. 
Yeah, I know we're we're a little behind, man. These past couple of weeks has been pretty hectic for both of us, I must say. Um, I'm you know getting these last little ends tied up, tied up on this film about to drop on y'all. Um, getting that together, raw got you know consultations out the yang. <laughs> so you know it, it's 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 real, but um, you know we're gonna we we just gonna keep it pushing. Or whatnot, man, and try to try to stay as close to the schedule as possible, indeed, or whatnot. But um, you know, yeah, man, I just you know want to thank you all for definitely sticking with us, and you know, continue to check us out and everything, and you know, all the feedback and everything you give us, man, it's much much appreciated. Um, before we get in today's episode, uh, Ra, you want to you want to answer some questions, brother? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so um, got a question for, you know, again, for everybody, if you want to ask questions, you want to, you know, um, you know, make, um, you know, suggestions and different things like that. The way that you do that is through our Patreon, right? So you get there, sign up, and then you can interact with us on there. So we had a question um, concerning a, a concept um, that a lot of people may not be familiar with. I know I've kind of seen it a little bit, but not too familiar with it. But, you know, we know what its implications are. Um, a concept called Vani Dosh or whatnot. Um, you know, one of our listeners, one of our patrons wanted to know, um, you know, if we can elaborate on that concept of Vani Dosh. And it's essentially kind of a, uh, you know, thing where, you know, mercury is afflicted some kind of way. Rock, can you, you want to elaborate on that some more? Yeah, so, you know, uh, one of the things that, well, you know, first of all, let me explain what a dosh is and mm -hmm. um, the terminology. Yeah. So, um, Bonnie, well, first, Bonnie is a name, another name of uh, Jupiter, right? Bonnie is a flute, right? Or like an instrument. So, Bonnie means, really relates to communication or speech, and dosh mm -hmm. means affliction, right? Mm -hmm. So, when you have a dosh or a dosha, Right, a petru a petru dosha is when you have an affliction from the fathers, right, or a curse from the fathers. Um, uh, you know, you have uh, you can have guru dosha, right, where you have an affliction from the guru, so or affliction to Jupiter. It just depends on how you look at it. So, you know, different doshas or different um, afflictions, right, come about from negative or challenged placements. And so one of the things that we look at in astrology is Mercury to see where it's placed. If it's placed with a, and let me say this, Bonnie Dosh is a specific uh, characterization of the placement of Mercury with certain planets. So Mercury is a very sensitive planet, right? Next to the moon, it's probably the most sensitive. And so, um, because it takes on the coloration and the indications of whatever it's whatever sign it's in, house it's in, or planet it's with, then that literally takes on right very negative energies if it's placed in a very compromised position. One of those compromised positions will be Mercury conjunct Rahu. Now let me say this right because again, again considering and understanding that the culture in which was created that this mindset was created had a very circumscribed range of behavior. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know, in this day and age, there's a lot of things that could come out of 
um, what we would consider a Vani Dosh, meaning Rahu conjunct Mercury can indicate high science in an individual, right? It can create um, um, a keen understanding of electronics, devices, technology, right? So it's not all bad, right? But when it comes to the personal matters of a person's life, many times that af- that what we call af- an affliction or dosha, when Rahu is with Mercury, the person's speech can be a little, right, or uh, actually a lot uh, toxic, right? It, it can create some toxicity in the communication piece. Mm-hmm. Um, it can overinflate. The, you know, one of the things that Rahu does is he inflates, right? So they can inflate their words, or their words can become. They can swell their words, or in fact, they can use their words to literally inflict damage, right? Because it becomes venomous. Right? Mm-hmm. Rahu is that venom, right? The toxicity in the serpent's fangs, right? In the head of the in head of the in the head of the dragon, or the head of the the, the serpent. So that combination can create some toxic right, byproducts within the expression of an individual. Uh, the other one that um, is not so much familiar maybe is, is Mars conjunct K2. And that literally talks about where the person just reacts in an instant. They don't take consideration of their actions. They like to instigate things. They push, um, you know, um, violent agendas, right? Um, and they even have a harsh speech. Right. They have a raspy voice. Right. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> right. And I've seen this, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's interesting when you sit because you, you like, you know, you look at and it's like, yeah, that's it. I, I see where the raspiness is coming from. Um, another affliction is, um, with, uh, Saturn and Mercury. Well, Saturn and Mercury. Well, no, Sun and Mercury. Sun and Mercury. Now, Sun and Mercury is one that I would take with a grain of salt because, Mercury is never more than 28 degrees away from the sun anyway. So it's kind of rare for Mercury not to have some type of affliction from the sun as far as combustion is concerned. But if it is extremely close and if Mercury is extremely compromised in position and and in the house and the sign placement, then many times this individual can literally have extremely harsh speech due to losing control over their emotions when they get, you know, in a, in a, when they feel slighted or disrespected, they usually come off with very angry or very condescending words, right? Yeah. That's what the sun and Mercury can do many times. But again, remember, you got to be careful because Mercury is really never far from the sun ever. Um, another one is Saturn and Mercury. And Saturn and Mercury a lot of times literally can – just cause the person not to be fluid or really be operative in speech, right? It, it's a curse, right? Meaning that they're not fluent in their, it can cause, in fact, sometimes it can cause stuttering, right? Mm-hmm. When Mercury is too close to the, um, Saturn is close too close to Mercury. So stammering, stuttering, uh, stuttering um, confusion or um, incoherent speech, right? Where they stop before they complete their idea because the restrictions are there. Mm-hmm. The slowness, the the neurons stop firing at a certain point. That's what mm-hmm. stuttering, one of the one of the things that causes stuttering. So you know that's also considered a vani dosh. Right? Um, you know, there's a few other combinations I would say would be considered vani dosh, but again, you know, you have to take it with a grain of salt and you have to look at the totality of where it's placed. But I've seen many times with Mercury in Aries, right? 
Vani Dosh. Not all the time, but a lot of times when Mercury is in Aries, you will see harsh speech. And I'm saying, just look at it, right? It doesn't always mean that they will come off in a very belligerent way, but they will speak to the first thing that comes to their mind because their speech comes from a very impulsive and a very direct place. So that, to me, is also considered somewhat of a vanidosh, right? When you have that Mercury in a position in Aries in certain degrees that literally just the speech, just they're fiery with words, they curse you out, they have no kind of restraint on the mouthpiece. And so at times they can lose friends. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. And they literally, maybe three or four months later, they might think about what they've said and kind of capitulate and say, well, you know, I didn't mean it that way, or this is what I really tried to say. But by that time, the worst, the words are usually so harsh, it's hard to come back from. So definitely uh, Vani Dosh is real. And, um, you know, again, taking it with consideration with a grain of salt with those placements, but also know that in a personal life, you can definitely have some serious ramifications. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So hopefully that that was a, a, a you know, a good enough explanation for you. Um, you know, definitely a, um, important concept. Indeed, um, something to definitely look for in the chart for sure. Um, but, you know, I appreciate that question. And uh, man, let's let's go ahead and jump into it. Because, you know, if you get some some of our listeners like the questions, others is like, man, get into the topic. So let's go ahead and jump in, um, you know. Today, you know, we'll, you know, we're kind of going back to some of the fundamentals a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Some key things to uh, understand, you know, when, you know, you're studying astrology, looking at your chart or even training to be an astrologer yourself or whatnot. And, um, you know, there's just certain things that you need to to know that really can help, um just, you know, just the interpretation process. And one of those things is, um, you know, significators or um, crackers, right? Um, we, we talked about them before in a little, in a different type of episode. But I think, you know, today, you know, we, we'll talk about it in a more fundamental way um, than we did before. I think we, we, we brought it up a little bit with, um, we, we covered the shower cars, um, cracker system. Um, and we did, we did, we did, we did cover the uh, Char Karaka system, which belongs to Vishnu. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, um, there's three different type of Karaka systems in Jyotish. Uh, One we discussed, which is Char Karakas, uh, which belongs to Vishnu. And, you know, those are the moving parts, right? Um, some say there's eight in the in the typical Char Karaka system. Some say seven. All right, right. Um, Froze up a little bit. You got to bear with us. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's technology. We're doing this on the internet, so you know things yeah. might uh, you know may not go as smooth as prof- um, you know as possible. But uh, he'll be back. There he is. There you go. Boom. So. Brahma, right, which mm-hmm. is the, the creator aspect of the supreme being, right, from the 
Santana Dharma perspective or what you would call Hinduism, right? The mm -hmm. misnomer, the mis improper term of Hinduism, the proper term is Santana Dharma. But in Santana Dharma, Brahma is the creative principle, right? And so it's aligned with what is called Nisar, Nis, um, Nasargika um, Karakas, meaning natural Karakas, nine of which, right? All nine planets are represented. Mm -hmm. um, in the Chara, right, typically eight. And then, and that belongs to Vishnu, which is the the great sustainer of the universe in the Santana Dharma principle, uh, principle teachings. And then you have Shiva, which is the Stira Karaka system, right? And those are seven of which. So you have nine, eight, and seven. The ones we're going to talk about today are the Nisargika, right? The natural indicators of what the planets mean or represent. Uh, it's not based on the degrees, right? It's based on just the fact that they represent certain things in life that we can look to to gain insight and understanding um, through those particular planets. And so each planet represents, right, a class or a, a group of things. It's a very large, vast, right, list of things that it represents. But, you know, and here's the thing, because time and man develops, there's still things that we're adding to the list, right? The list is not a complete exhaustive list where we know all the things. As soon as something is created or manifested, it goes under one of those act, one of those planets under a list. So, you know, the Karaka indications are vast per each yeah, like, planet. Like crypto, cryptocurrency, you know what I mean? That, right. that didn't exist back then. <laughs> or, you so know. So how do you, where do you classify it, right? You see yeah. what I mean? And so, you know, um, just a lot of things, you know, that come about that just cell phones, cars. Well, autom right. automobiles is classified under the fourth house. And it, it, it the, the strange thing is, even though we didn't have cars, we had some type of transportation. Carriages. Carriages, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But the new things, microphone, right? You mean, yeah. you didn't have a microphone, you know, 200, 100 years ago, right? Yeah. So, you know, these things, you know, had to be classified. And as time mm -hmm. develops, more things come out, you know, we put, we elongate the list, but for the most part, right. We can still classify almost everything that we know now under exist in, in, in existence under one of the nine natural planets. Yeah. And so, you know, the way we do this is that we look at a planet and begin to use that planet as if it becomes the whole indicator it becomes the indicator for that particular thing for that chart. So for an example, right? Let's say I want to look at your father and your chart, right? There's several ways I can, but under the nice Argika system, we look under the sun because the sun is an indicator, right? Or a significator of fatherly or fathers or fatherly energy in your life. Yeah. So I would make that planet, right? become number one and look at everything from that particular perspective through that particular planet from the father's point of view. Mm -hmm. The same thing goes with all the other planets. And we're going to talk about some of the examples and how you can use it to kind of gauge and read a chart. So every planet can be done in a manner which you make that particular planet, the primary 
planet that creates the, the actual chart, meaning you start from that planet and you read all the way around the chart, looking at the indicators for the for whatever that is signifying for yeah. example, right? So just going down the list, you can have you have what is called living beings that you can see through these particular items, right? Father right. obviously is a living being, mm-hmm. right? They're called Jiva items, J-I-V-A. Jiva means live or living. So. No, I was saying sometimes it's spelled J-E-E. It is J-E-E, V-A. right? Sometimes. Yeah, V-A, yeah. You know, sometimes they'll interchange the W for Vs, right? It's yeah. just, you know. It, that's just it, if you're looking it up, you know, that that you, that that's also it as well. It is, right. J-E-E-V-A, absolutely. So the living items of a chart, right, are the fleshly things. And that's for that the, uh, the Jiva, Jiva, um, Jiva items. You can right. um, search it J-E-E-V-A or J-I-V-A um, and whatnot. Yeah, it depends on who's spelling what. Right? We'll, be, we'll be locked in right back in a second. Hold on one second. <laughs> so... Mercury ain't like us talking about him earlier like that. <laughs> uh, apparently not. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, leave me alone, right? Keep me out your mouth. Right? <laughs> and we in a sabbat cycle, mind you, right? <laughs> Indeed, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so when you really begin to take this apart, right? And really isolate certain things. You know, one of the things that we can do in this science is we we can generalize and look at things from a holistic perspective, but we can also isolate things. Yeah. And so we can take each planet and put it in a position to where now we can see all of the kind of internal factors that are affect, affecting that from the positioning of where it looks, what it looks like in your life. Mm-hmm. So if I want to see how your mother, right? is set up, looks at things in a relationship, some of the things that she's experienced. I look at things from the moon perspective. Now, yes, the moon is also an ascendant, but mm-hmm. the way this works, you have to be able to kind of, you know, split your your mind to a degree where you isolate this and say, you know what, I'm not talking about the mind from his perspective. I'm talking about the way the mother intuits reality from her perspective. You know, so two things can equal one thing. Many things can be garnered from one one planet or one principle. Right. So when we look at the moon, right, we look at, hey, how did the mother experience life? So we look at every house. If there's a planet from that particular position in the moon, we look at that particular position. So for example, the third from the moon. Right. The mother mm-hmm. many times will be expressive or like to communicate and whatever planet is in there is how that person will communicate as far as the mother is concerned. Right. Yeah. If we see um, planets in the fifth from the moon, many times that will indicate siblings for you because that is the mother's children as well. Right. Many times um, seventh from the moon will indicate your mother's husband or your father. Strangely enough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, tenth from the moon can indicate the career of the mother or how the mother 
facilitated herself in the world of profession or notoriety. So, you know what I mean? Again, all of these things can be seen from the initial planet or the initial person you're trying to look, look up or research. Yeah. And each planet also is a, is connected to our has we, we, need to, we need to chant down like a Mercury, a Mercury uh, chant, something like that. So, you know, <laughs> Mercury is in there messing with the internet today, freezing my brother up, man. But we, you know, so, you, 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 we we still locked in. So it, it's going to ease up. When so when you look at each planet represents right a connection to a house. So not only can we use the planet, for example, for example, to say, you know, this, we're going to isolate the sun and look at father, isolate moon, look at mom, isolate Mars and mm-hmm. look at siblings, right? Mm-hmm. Isolate Venus and look at wife, isolate Jupiter and look at children, isolate Saturn, look at servants, right? You can see all of these different people in your life, right? Just by using the planet that represents them and reading the chart from that perspective, as if you're reading it from their outlook. Yeah. Phenomenal, right? Phenomenal, right? There is a very deep way to, and simple, but deep yeah. getting right to what's going on with that person and their relationship with people in their lives. Yeah. Or, or how the people in their lives are even dealing with things in general. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the ways. The other thing is that it's connected to houses. So, for example, the sun, right, is an indicator of the first house. Yeah. So if we want to know about the first house things like health, we can look to the sun to gauge how the person's health will come across because the sun is the planet of vitality. Right. And if the sun is compromised, the vitality is compromised, then the first house many times will also have a issue or a stigma in connection to that it to that to the sun. Yeah. Right? One of the ways we look at it, right? For example, the moon, right, is a karaka or an indicator for the fourth house. If we want to understand the education. Right, we can look at forth from the forth from the moon, or look at the moon's positioning as mm-hmm. well to see if the person has a viable educational process. Right, because the moon is a key caraca of the fourth house or yeah. education. So another way, Mercury, same thing. It's an indicator or caraca of the fourth house. So. Anything that's dealing with Mercury, and remember we just discussed Bonnie Dosh. So if Bonnie Dosh happens to have Saturn as a constituent, many times education is very difficult because they can't concentrate, right? Or it takes them too long to adjust to the learning curve where they get left behind in school. Mm-hmm. So they may be specially need some special education or need some special attention, right? In order to keep them on task. So education can clearly be seen from the indicator of Mercury. Right. So, you know, each one of these can be done this way, right? Each planet represents a house. Jupiter represents the second house. 
So if we want to look at wealth, right? We want to look at the second house. Jupiter doesn't have to have doesn't have to be placed there or anything. We go right to Jupiter, see the condition, and we can gauge many times what the health of the resources are connected as far as what's connected to the second house. So each planet can refer back to its it can refer back to where its natural indications are in regarding to revealing secrets about that particular area of life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one, well, let's go through the houses so we can see, right? Mars Mm -hmm. is a Caraca of the third house. Yeah. Right. Third house being siblings. Also initiative and drive. So if I want to see how your siblings are functioning, I look to Mars, not to say that Mars has to have a connection with the third house, not at all. If I want to see how the the third house is functioning, I can look to Mars to see how it's situated. Right? It's going to tell me about a few things. Your expression, which is from your initial, is from your expression is from your ability to initiate conversation. And initiation conversation is initiating thought. Right? So it's it literally shows me how you initiate your thinking. Mm -hmm. The third house, right? So I can look at Mars to see if you have the ability to initiate your thoughts in a in a manner in, that is commensurate with what is considered healthy. Yeah. Right. Fourth house. Again, we mentioned moon and Mercury. They're the Caracas of the fourth house. And there's things that, you know, you can look at education. You can look at the home, home the home, the physical home, right, also can be looked at from the indicator of, of the moon. Come on, Mercury. Work with us, baby. Come on. Come, come <laughs> Work on, with come us, on. Mercury. <laughs> so, you know, that's the other, you know, that's the other thing that you look at as far as just what are the things that that planet indicates? How is it placed? How is it situated? And look back to the house that it, it's connected to to see how they're related. Yeah. We did cover a show, in fact, mentioning some of the Caracas in Karabash Danavo, right? Remember yeah. we talked about, right? Caracas mm-hmm. in their house placements. Well, Jupiter is a Caraca of the fifth house. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, again, because it's an indicator of children and the fifth house being that house, which is connected to that, we look to Jupiter also to see how the children or the fifth house will, will manifest in life. Yeah. And remember I said, if Jupiter is in the fifth, Many times that will separate or kind of detach the relationship between the person and the children. So just because the planet is in in the house that is indicated by it doesn't always mean that it's a Mm win-win. The sixth house, Mars is also the indicator there because of the combating issues. And I look to Mars to see how well you heal, how well you can... um, rebound from injury, how well you can um, stave off disease, right? Just wherever Mars is placed still shows me a lot about the sixth house. So I don't always have to look to necessarily that house to know what the house is doing by proximity of its natural indicator. Venus obviously would be the indicator for the second house or the significant of the seventh. <laughs> So if 
Venus is well, the crock well, of go the back seven. A little bit. You, you look you to Venus to see, right? You hear me? You might go back a little bit on the six because okay. we froze up a little bit. Yeah. You okay, were, talk, so you were just talking about house, how Mars right? Mars helps you know or, or you you look to Mars to see how well you heal and recover is where you you, you dropped off at yeah okay so Mars in healing and recovery right is connected to the sixth house yeah because the sixth house is the same house that indicates those things in a natal chart so you know if Mars is in the sixth that's a definite boost right. Mm-hmm. But again, also can make the person combative, can make the person aggressive, can make the person a fighter. Depends on, again, how things are placed. But overall, right, you look to Mars to find out how the sixth house is going to function. Yeah. Venus is the Karaka for the seventh house. You always look to Venus and her placement to see how the seventh house and it's like, well, how am I looking for a planet? But I'm looking at the house because the planet is the emissary, right? It's the ambassador. It's kind of like the representative of the house. I'm not talking about rulership. I'm talking about just the planet and its indications. So if planet I look to Venus, being a, um, the planet itself, yes, you know, just a significator of that particular area of life. Um, you know, is what you're talking about. Yep. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And so that area of life can be indicated or viewed from the position of the planet. So let me give an example, right? If Venus is in the 12th house, mm-hmm. a lot of times this can indicate issues in the marriage because Venus is in the sixth house away from the house of marriage. Yeah. If I look to Venus and see sixth house away from her, and she's in the twelfth, right? That also puts it in the fifth house, right? The fifth house is the house of romance and courting, right? So it shows me, right, that this person is going to have a lot of paramours and very few strong, stable relationships. Meaning they'll date a lot, right? Mm-hmm. They'll get out there and they'll feel the way around and. And in fact, Venus being in the 12th house of bed pleasures also indicates still that the seventh house or the the solidarity of the marriage, right, is definitely up for question. It's definitely you need to take a deep look at all other factors because this factor points to challenges. Yeah. And that's how we use it in a Trump order or in hierarchical value to say, you know what, let me look elsewhere and see what's going on here. But a telltale sign is wherever it's placed. Right. So, you know, again, understanding how those things work. If, let's say, Rahu is conjunct Venus, not all the way, not all the time does it indicate infidelity, right? But because Venus is the indicator of it and the seventh from Venus has K2 there, that means that that person will detach from relationships fairly easy, right? And move on to the next, indicating the Rahu conjunct Venus. So, again, Showing how to read based on just that planet's placement, what marriage looks like, yeah, what the seventh house can its capabilities are, right? Um, Mar- Mar- Venus in the ninth house, a lot of times, right, that can indicate a very viable or healthy marriage, provided there's not some other things that are challenging or sub- undermining 
Venus's placement, now the seventh house becomes strong because Venus is in a house that is supportive or indicative of keeping your promise or keeping a vow. Yeah. Right. And so the seventh house now strengthened. So, you know, again, understanding the relationship between the two and what the indicator is and what the house is that it's, it's indicating. Yeah. Um, the eighth house dead giveaway Saturn, right? Right. Saturn is the indicator of how well we deal with untoward or un, uh, unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. And so if Saturn is well-placed in the chart, anywhere in the chart, right? Then that means that the eighth house or the ability to stave and survive things that what could be considered unnerving is there. They have a yeah. they have a mental fortitude that can endure certain setbacks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If Saturn is strong, you'll find that they have ability to go without, that they can in, they can endure, they can st- they can take pain, right? And so the eighth house is that. It's that psychological reorientation of dying from one person, one aspect of yourself and being reborn to a new, which is the indicators of what Saturn shows death and right. And, and the promise from that death and rebirth. So yeah, looking at Saturn, you can gauge the eighth house. I said gauge, right? Because you have to look at everything else. Placements in the eighth house, eighth lord, aspects, all that. But down and dirty, you can look to Saturn and say, if Saturn, you see if Saturn is barely viable, then that person can handle certain things. The indicator of the ninth house is the sun, not Jupiter. Right. And yes, there is some relationship between the, of course, obviously, right? Jupiter is would be an indicator of higher knowledge, but the sun actually is the indicator and it really ties into the father energy, right? Yeah. As far as the ninth house is concerned. And you must understand that in India, there's two different, I don't want to say systems, but ways of using the knowledge. You have a Southern way and you have a Northern Mm way. Yeah. We even have a different way. We draw the charts based on Southern and Northern perspectives. Yeah. So the southern perspective is that the sun, the ninth house is the father. Obviously, the sun is Caracas, so it makes sense to see where the sun is to see more about the ninth house. It also represents your light, ability to shine and understand deeper context of information, which you know the sun allows you to do. If you have a well-placed sun, then you can get some of those higher um, insights and perspectives. But you look to the sun to gauge the father primarily. Now, remember, I said in in India, there's two there's two kind of systems that go side by side. You have the northern the northern individuals that have the sun in as the tenth house, and it is both right in both systems, yeah. both. But the tenth house is also father. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about the sun in the sense of father like the ninth. We're talking about sun in the sense of purpose in the tenth. Yeah. Now, the tenth house has four primary indicators: Sun, Saturn, Mercury, and Mars. Right? All indicate the tenth house. Well, how do you look at that? Right. <laughs> there is you look at them all, but you look at them in an order, right? The sun first, right? 
Mm-hmm. Saturn second, Mercury third, Mars fourth, right? You can read the career from the sun primarily, though, through understanding how its impact is, what its impact is as far as the purpose of the of the person or individual. So if you see sun somewhat compromised, you know the 10th house is going to be compromised because they, they don't know how to, their shine isn't there, right? Or the ability to assert themselves or to become known. Saturn as a Karaka for the 10th house, you also look at as far as endurance, perseverance, patience, long-suffering, planning, that's another part of career, right? Mercury, right? And he seems to be a little kinder since we let up. I think we'll, we'll be all right, right? This is Mercury, <laughs> right? You look at that for career for the sense of intelligence and reasoning, right? And the ability to um, present oneself and articulate. That's another part of career. And, of course, Mars, which is courage, which is determination, which is passion and drive. All of them right, are indicators of what we should look for to understand and gauge how a person can manifest themselves in the world at large, the 10th yeah. house. Yeah. Right. So you use them in a concert, but if you had to narrow down one, right, you could pick the sun because mm-hmm. the sun is a dead giveaway and so is Saturn. Those are actually two indicators of career in a chart. Yeah. So again, showing that you can see certain things without necessarily reading like this planet in this house and this planet in that house. You can go around the chart and start reading it in that way without even looking it to, looking towards it in that pattern or in that from that perspective. This yeah. science is vast. It's multiple ways you can look at it. Um, the another so the Karaka of the eleventh house is Jupiter for wealth, just like the second house, right? Yeah. For wealth, and so looking at it from that perspective, you look at it, you know. If I want to understand if a person can literally manifest, right, large numbers of large, large amount of resources, meaning from multiple ventures, from networking, from integrating himself into a larger framework, then I can look to Jupiter to see if that's possible. So if Jupiter is in the eighth house many times, the person is has challenges with networking or integration, right? To yeah. get the big money. Yeah. Jupiter in the 12th house as well. So again, but you have to look from Jupiter to find out in the totality of things how this is also placed because it can also be some supporting planets from that position to still help out. And there can be planets in the 11th as well that can offset it. So again, you just have to take and combine and know how to integrate the two. Um, The last house, right? Is, is, is the 12th house, the house of expenditure, or we can we would maybe consider loss, right? Yeah. Saturn is obviously the indicator for that. Mm-hmm. And Saturn, a lot of times, will show how we handle, right, that process of losing, right, or that process of having to sacrifice some great thing that we would consider as valuable. Yeah. You know, and looking to that to understand how the 12th house can impact an individual. Let's say the set, let's say Saturn is in the sixth, mm-hmm. which was throws aspects to the 12th. So we look to Saturn as the first house and begin to look around and see if there's any indications that what show, right. That there's an impedance or some type of issue that was st- stop Saturn from allowing you to let things go. Yeah. 
So Saturn's debilitated. Saturn has aspect from Rahu or Ju or uh, Rahu or Mars, right? That can show many times that you are going to hold on or fight tooth and nail to keep things in play when you should be letting them go. Right. So, you know, this is one of the ways, one of the ways we use the Caracas system, right? Or systems, because yeah. there's different systems. Um, one tell all is the seventh from the moon. The seventh from the moon will show you a lot more sometimes than the seventh house will from the ascendant because it's what a person projects onto their mate emotionally, right? And so seventh from the moon is a dead giveaway, right? Many times of how that person interacts with their mate, right? You see, I mean, sometimes when moon is in, is in Pisces, a lot of times the person's mate can be real naggy, right? <laughs> right? Right. They can be hypercritical, right? Mm -hmm. They can be overstimulated by, by, by details or by making sure things are right. You know, and then that person then has that energy that they attract or shine that light on because of their own inner deficiencies from not knowing how to deal to detail, dot your I's and cross your T's. So that's just another way. Seven from Venus is also a tell all about your mate. Right. Right. So these are ways we use Caracas. The third from Mars. Tell all about your siblings. Right. Mm -hmm. The fifth from Jupiter. Indicates many times of how your children will manifest or come out, you know, um, you know, so there's just many, many ways to use the Caracas as far as looking into you can you can use the Caracas in different charts, meaning the higher harmonic charts, the Varga charts, the D9, the D10. Right. You can look to those charts and look at the Caracas. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> And then find out what it is that that is we, we, what's we, going on we, in that we, area we, of we life. Was doing good for a minute. Yeah, I see. I see. We'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back. So, considering right, this is a very advantageous, quick, down and dirty way to be able to really see what it is that we're looking at, right? And so, obviously, right, we like. He's Mercury Sebek is he's tight. He's, he's tight, <laughs> right? I got you. Right? Yeah. I got you. Right? No doubt. Yeah. Right. But it's just a real, you know, quick, quick, you know, lesson on how you can use, right, these planets in a chart and gain quick information, not from an in-depth analysis, but just from a key eye, from an eye glance. Right. Yeah. Now, I you know, I see Venus here. Mm, yeah, you know, I definitely. You know, seventh house could be challenged, right? I see with Saturn here. Yeah, you might have some issues with coworkers, right? Mm -hmm. Or people that are underneath you, right? May not like to listen to you. How'd you know that, man? And I just looked at Saturn and see how it's situated, right? So, yeah. you know, these are just down and dirty techniques. You see the, once you, you know, understand that they're all matter, right? You One thing doesn't exclude another. Yeah. They all Con they all act as a concert in making you know the the symphony of life, but you know really isolating each planet and looking at it from those perspectives is a good way to learn astrology really quickly and not get so caught up in the complexities, but just be able to ascertain things from 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 a 
from a quick point of view. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll say that that um, just looking at it from that perspective was definitely a a game changer for me. Um, Just having just being able to comprehend, you know, what I'm looking at, you know, just is extremely, extremely helpful. Um, You know, getting into the significators and different things like that. Indeed. Indeed. You know, so that's just, you know, it doesn't take much to do it. Just noticing certain things, right? Just finding how the position, the planet is positioned, and then just uh, then just applying that, right, to gauging how that area of life, right, is going to be impacted. And, you know, Indeed. it doesn't take much. Once you begin to see the pattern, you say, oh, where's fifth from Jupiter? And you look and you see a planet there, automatically that's going to indicate a great deal about the children, right? Mm-hmm. Just that simple. Wherever Jupiter is placed, fifth from it, right? Yeah. Yep. Indeed. Indeed. Well, um, you know, yeah, excuse us for our, our uh Mercury issues right now. You know, we got we we going through a uh, you know, cycle of uh full moon and Virgo coming up at some point, <laughs> you know, so it's is 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 over here, you know, messing with the communication a little bit. Or whatnot, but uh, we 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 made it through. So um, you know, shout out to you. <laughs> shout out to you, Mercury, for letting us finish. <laughs> wow. Um, but a- as always, you know, this episode was brought to you by Push It Forward Media Group, Calabusha Astrology, and our good people over there on Patreon. Big up to y'all. Big up to y'all. Um, this was episode twenty-two. Rod, did you have anything you want to, um, you know, get to the people before we um, go ahead and close it out? Not a thing. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So um, we want to thank you all for tuning in. Um, be out, you know, be on the lookout, you know, for um, some things out on Patreon. Like I said, you know, I owe y'all some stuff, so we going to get that going. And, um, you know, we'll be back, you know, with another great episode. All right. We're out. Peace. Peace. All right. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs>